You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Forfeit the game before somebody else takes you out of the frame. Put your name to shame, cover up your face. You can't run the race, the pace is too fast, you just won't last. Happy Thursday and welcome back to the Locked On Bucks podcast. I am your host for today's episode, David Harrison. Joined, as always, by Evan Winter, both of us credentialed members of the media covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for BucksNation.com. Find us on Twitter. Find me at DH82 underscore Bucks. Find Evan at Evan underscore Winter. Of course, find Bucks Nation at Bucks underscore Nation and follow the show at Locked on Bucks. Evan, there is a pretty important game coming up this weekend. Um, but I think it's going to be our new tradition Give uh, give the listeners real quick uh, a quick uh, two minute roll up of how you were feeling coming out of New Orleans. I'm about as I expected. Uh, the game turned out pretty much as I expected. I knew the receivers would have trouble separating from uh, New Orleans corners. Um, that defensive line, if they got going, they were going to be impossible to stop. Um, and I mean, the Saints just basically came out and punched the Bucks in the mouth. They had the one good drive, um, the 17 play drive that resulted in the Peyton Barber touchdown. But outside of that, you know, they had the lucky interception off of Alvin Kamara that was dropped or dropped by Alvin Kamara or Kamara. And, um, you know, just an overall probably the worst performance of the season, honestly, if I had to guess. But the worst news is you add insult to injury and Alex Kappa breaks his arm, and now we've got to mm-hmm. uh, roll with Earl Watford for the um, upcoming future. Yeah, not good. Um, I I can agree with that sentiment. I mean, uh, obviously, I think the 49ers game was probably, you know, a specific, you know, batch of plays. But uh, going, you know, uh, starting starting on the clock to the end of the clock, I think this was definitely the least impressive game this entire team uh, put on so far, the one coming out of New Orleans. So we'll see what happens going over to London and take on the Carolina Panthers, and we are going to get – all kinds of deep into that over the next half hour or so. But we do have a voicemail that we need to get to, and I haven't listened to it yet. So before we start talking too much, I want to make sure we don't hit on everything this caller called on. So we're both we're both going to be very surprised. Hopefully there's no cuss words in it. But uh, we'll find out together. Sound good? Sounds great. Hey, guys. Joe from Ocala. Um, couple questions. Uh, how worried are you guys about the right side of the offensive line coming into this week? Um First question. Second question, if we beat the Panthers this week, I know you guys hit, touched on a little bit um, about trading for O.J. Howard. Do you not have to try to make a run after Peters and try to get someone in that secondary to help out Vernon? Um, I know a lot of people aren't talking about it, but, you know, Vernon Edwards is just, to me, is just not, good right now uh i think he could be good i'm worried that you know there's no guarantee that todd's even you know is todd even going to be here next year if we beat the panthers this week do we need to make a push for a shutdown corner i mean a pro bowl corner and i believe he's been in the pro bowl every year he's been in the league um see what you guys thoughts are about that appreciate the show go bucks all right, Joe, appreciate the call. And yeah, Evan, uh, on one of our most recent episodes earlier this week, James and I uh, kind of discussed the O.J. Howard situation. And James, you know, is, is pretty much of the thought process that if the Buccaneers can't figure out a way to get him uh, involved scheme-wise or however you need to put it, that they need to 
move him potentially and get something for him that they can use because right now, you know, at least on the stat sheet and on the highlight reel, he's not showing up. But my, I took a little bit of a different approach to it where I kind of came up with some ideas a little bit. Some of them from left field, some of them more realistic of, of ways to get OJ involved. And it's actually interesting because our listeners are going to find out about it here pretty soon. But we've actually, because of the trip to London for the Buccaneers themselves and because I have my own trip I have coming up uh, before the before the game this weekend, we've actually had to record our final Friday episode uh early so we've actually already put down our friday episode interestingly enough a little bit of behind the scenes type of information and carmen actually pointed out uh a a play in that game Howard in the exact same method i said where they used him to push the safety off of mike evans it just turns out that that play didn't really work uh, all that well so evan i'll kick the question do you feel like this team can find a way or should find a way to get oj more involved in the offense or do you feel like uh they should be moving him in a uh, scared money don't make money type of type of move. No, you definitely don't move him. Um, he's too talented, too cheap. Uh, he's only going to be one point nine million dollars next year, according to Spot Rack. It's, uh, obviously, he'll have his fifth year option, which you know will be a certain amount. It'll be a lot higher at that point. But if you still can't figure out a way to use him in year two um, under the Bruce Arians and uh, Byron Leftwich. Uh, regime, then you know, then you move on. Obviously, then you don't guarantee. Then you just go move on. No, no worries at all. Um, the whole Patrick Peterson thing—that's who I'm going to assume he was talking about. I just, it, I just don't see it. It's just not the right time. He's still going to cost seven million dollars. Um, if the Bucks were to get him this year, that's going to take down their cap even more. Um, and then he's going to be twelve million dollars. You know, next year we always talk about how they're the Bucks have been known here lately for these knee jerk reaction reactive moves where they sign these veterans that are not necessarily towards the end of their career, but definitely on the other side of the fence in their career. Um, and it's just to me, it just it's not worth it right now. Um, and especially to send off a young, talented, and cheap player like Howard. So I will say this. Uh, obviously, based on my comments earlier this weekend, uh, earlier this week, I obviously agree that O.J. Howard needs to stay in Tampa, uh, needs to stay in Tampa Bay. I think they've got a good thing going with him. They just need to figure this thing out. This I think you know, I have confidence in the coaches. I have confidence in O.J. that it'll get worked out. You know, obviously this year he's probably not looking at top five tight end numbers because we're already you know entering the sixth week and he hasn't been able to get it going quite yet. But that's okay. Patrick yeah. Peterson, however, uh, you and I are going to disagree on. I think the Buccaneers definitely need to make a move for Patrick Peterson, and here's why. While I can't sit here and say that this team is one or even two players away from being a Super Bowl contender, like being a team that year-long, October, November, December, you're talking about the potential of seeing them playing football in February, I can honestly right now sit here, and after watching these last five games, even though there's been some ugly losses, there's been some disappointing losses, I can honestly sit here and say that I do believe this team is one or two players away from being a playoff contender. and. I mean, we've seen it, you know, when uh, when when the Pittsburgh Steelers, when B.A. and the Pittsburgh Steelers beat the Arizona Cardinals in the Super Bowl, they were a wild card team. You know what I mean? The Eagles limp into the limp into the playoffs without Carson Wentz and everybody just basically calls them dead. They move on. They win the Super Bowl, um, even in the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? Uh, 28 to three Atlanta Falcons have a lead over the New England Patriots and they're able to make it. If you get a ticket to the dance. You can come away with the trophy. And that's really all they need right now. Like right now, the focus has got to be can we be a playoff team? If we can, how do we get there? And I really do. I feel like this team is one or two players on defense away from being playoff contenders. And what they need is a, a pass defender and a pass rusher. 
So if they go out and and this is where Joe, you know, I'm going to get a little bit off your question. I don't want them to to leverage OJ Howard for Patrick Peterson, but I'm okay. And, and Evan, I know this this conversation was going on a little bit behind the scenes, behind the curtains at the Bucks Nation Group. I'm good with a second round draft pick, and I know John uh, over over at BucksNation.com is not okay with a second round draft pick. He would accept it, right? Um, as much as we're allowed to accept or deny these things, he would accept it. But he's he wouldn't be happy with it. I would be happy with a second round draft pick for Pat P because I believe that that and a potential return of JPP here in a couple weeks, three weeks, gives the Buccaneers another pass rusher and a pass defender that they need to make them playoff contenders. And again, I, I firmly believe you right now you're just looking to play football in January. Once you're playing football in January, then you worry about February. We're in the bye week yet, but that's the reason I think you go for Pat Pete, and I think you go for Pat Pete this week. You don't wait another. We don't wait till week seven. You don't wait till we're almost at week eight in the trade deadline and say, "Oh, how do we feel?" No, you either go for it now, or you're admitting to yourself and everybody else that we're evaluating this year. Next year, we're making a push for the playoffs. I believe BA is making a push for the playoffs this year. That's why I think you go after Pat Pete. Well, there's the one thing that throws a wrench in all the plans is Alex Kappa. I mean, him being out, and I think that's going to be a pretty big deal. And, like, I, I agree. I see what you're going with right there. Um, but I still think on offense, this team still has a long way to go, too. Right now, they don't have a tight end. They don't have a third wide receiver. They have a decent running game, but it's not really sustainable. Um, it's chunk gains most of the time. Uh, we haven't really seen hardcore drives where they go 6, 10, you know, outside of probably that San Francisco game, if I'm just remembering correctly. Um, so I think it's a little bit of both before this team is still – I think this team is still far away far away from being a playoff team. I still think you need another defensive lineman um, and a safety as well. So, But either way, I like I do like your train of thought right there. But um, like I said, man, just I would rather take a, take a chance uh, in free agency next year because there are some notable names in free agency next year. Um, you got Logan Ryan. You've got uh, shoot. Who am I trying to think of right off the top of my head? Oh, Marcus Peters. Even if you want to give him a shot, but I just think there's better options out there right now for the Bucks. So you know, uh, you want to know an unpopular, an unpopular uh, opinion that I'm going to drop right now. That will obviously uh, reapproach once the offseason comes. I'm sure at some point in time because I don't. As much as I still believe that this team could could definitely turn things around, so to speak. I don't think they're going to become world beaters. I don't think we're going to get two shutdown corners just overnight or, or during the 2019 season. So I think we're still going to enter the offseason talking about this team needing at least one cornerback, uh, if not two. And Kuda from Ohio State, I don't know. I know I'm a Buckeye guy. I got it. I got it. But Jeff Kuda is a legit talent. So if you haven't already, uh, start looking at, start looking his way. Start, start getting to know his name because he's a guy, depending on what happens with the Buckeyes or the Buccaneers season, rather, uh, could be an option, a legit a legit guy that uh, could could do some damage in the NFL, but moving on from that, we're not we're not here for draft talk yet, right? Um, so obviously, <laughs> you're very concerned about the right side of the offensive line. I'll hit on that real quick. Yes, I am absolutely terrified about the combination of Josh Wells and Earl Watford. Congratulations, yes. uh, hopefully to to the Wells family. Obviously, I'm not on the inner loop of that, but uh, he is he's away from the Buccaneers right now. For hopefully, everything went well or is going well. Uh, depending on the timing of this episode and the timing of everything going on there. But uh, as a parent myself, Evan, you've got your bundle of joy on the way. So obviously um, celebrations to be had everywhere. Hopefully everything went well there. But outside of that, I feel like 
this is absolutely terrible. Couldn't be with worse timing as the Carolina Panthers are bringing a defensive front end that has just been getting after it. Brian Burns, my know your enemy uh, spotlight player from the Carolina Panthers in week two, uh, got his first sack that game against Jameis Winston and Tampa Bay Buccaneers and has been destroying the league ever since. Um, they've got another guy that his name is leaving my head right now for some reason. Six and a half sacks, very quietly, six and a half sacks. Um, of course, you know, Gerald McCoy is still there and and looking to, quote unquote, dominate the Buccaneers as he saw the Panthers do his entire career. <laughs> with his knee but, injury. <laughs> with his knee injury. But bottom line, I mean, this Panthers defense has been getting after it, man. And this Buccaneers offense, at least last week, did not get after it. And now they're two-fifths, two-fifths of their offensive line. The only position group in football where five guys have to work as one, two-fifths of them are down, two-fifths of them are new, two-fifths of them were not even on this team last year. So, on a scale of one to ten, obviously neither of us are happy. On a scale of one to ten, how nervous are you about this offensive line this week? I mean, you've got to be nervous. We have no idea what Earl Watford or Josh Wells are going to do against this defensive front. I mean, granted, uh, they are pretty banged up. They're missing KK Short. He's out for the year. We just mentioned Gerald McCoy's uh, knee injury. Um, Shaq Thompson's hurt. Mario Addison didn't practice. So, I mean, Panthers' injury list is pretty long, that long, but we'll see how that goes over the week. And obviously nothing's final until game time. But, yeah, you've got to be terrified, man. I mean – we saw what Cam or Cam Newton. We saw what Cameron Jordan did to a uh, a healthy, so to speak. Even though Alex Kappa played with a broken arm, and Demar Dotson looked like he hurt himself pretty early in that game too. Um, we saw what they did to a starting right side of the line last week, and there's no reason to think that Carolina can't find the same amount of success, especially with Luke Keekley there as well. Yeah, and I'll, I'll tell you. Um, so, so on a scale of one to ten, where are you at? Uh, I'd say a nine, definitely a nine. Ten being it two or it three, actually. Ten would be it three. That's how terrified you are. <laughs> yeah, definitely a nine, a nine. Okay. So I'm at about an eight, and I'll tell you why I'm only at an eight, even though it's still pretty. pretty I'm only, yeah, only it's, at it's still pretty high. But I'll tell you why I'm only at an eight. I'm only at an eight because even though the defense is definitely turned up, and even though their pressure on the quarterback has definitely gotten better since since the Buccaneers last saw this team in week two they're still giving up the ninth most yards per carry in the National Football League. That is encouraging. And they're giving up the ninth most yards per carry against the Arizona Cardinals, against the Houston Texans, and against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And listen, I love David Johnson, but the Arizona Cardinals are not a good offensive team for a reason. I love Deshaun Watson, but the Houston Texans don't have a run game that's going to scare anybody. I am a big fan of Gardner Minshew, and I know that Leonard Fournette has been doing really well this year. But the Jacksonville Jaguars are, you know, they're they're a long way away from making people say, oh, man, you're an offensive juggernaut. So these are not offensive kings that have been been running up against Carolina Panthers, and they're still giving up the ninth most yards per carry in the National Football League. And I feel like kind of similar going back to New Orleans, right? When you have a quarterback that doesn't have a lot of experience, and Teddy Bridgewater's got more experience, obviously, than Kyle Allen did, but still it had been a long time. It was only his third game replacing Drew Brees. If the Buccaneers could have come out and run a lot of clock, controlled the ball, put some points up early, you would have forced the issue with Teddy Bridgewater. You would have forced him to make plays instead of getting him into a position where he could get into rhythm to make plays. Kyle Allen's a similar similar situation for me. If the Buccaneers don't come in and put up at least 14 points in the first quarter, 
then I feel like that's where they're going to get in trouble because it's going to give the Panthers offense time to get in a rhythm. It's going to give uh, Ron Rivera and his coaching staff time to find out a way to get Christian McCaffrey the ball outside, inside, over the top, wherever they need to because they're not playing from behind. But if they start having to play from behind, if they start with a two touch, if you can get them get a two touchdown lead on them, even then I feel like that's going to force their hand. It's going to force Kyle Allen into making throws. And look, this dude's been praised for his QBR uh, in his first three starts, and and you know more power to him. The guy's fumbled the ball six times in three weeks. Daniel Jones had a very similar problem. This defense is all about getting after the pass rush, and and his offense have been. They've been getting a lot of success with Kyle Allen by using motion. And essentially, if I'm Todd Bowles, what I'm looking to do is say, okay, you want to use motion? I'm coming through the hole you just moved a guy out of to punish them, one, for for using motion, and then also to hopefully discourage them from using more motion in the future. Because if you take that motion away, then it makes communication easier on your defense and it gives you the upper hand. So the way you make them stop using as much motion as they've been using with Kyle Allen is blitzing through that hole that they just use motion out of and punishing them for it. So that's kind of what I'm hoping to see uh, this weekend, just right off the top. You could, um, you can uh, run. Also, they could run plays like they did against Jared Goff, where Levante sunk under the slant route and intercepted the ball, where you got some guys running in man and then some guys dropping him back in uh, in coverage. So that way, if you do send somebody in motion. They think they're reading somebody follows along with them. He thinks he's reading man, but really, you know, you've got whoever dropping back in zone at the same time. So, yeah, man, hopefully they find some kind of way to exploit it. Yeah, and I mean, and again, you know, I'm not trying to take anything away from Kyle Allen, what he's been able to do. You know, uh, he's come a long way since he was a play 60, you know, commercial kid. Um, but again, the Cardinals don't have world beater defenses. The Houston Texans still got J.J. Watt and not a whole lot else. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars defense hasn't been right in a long time. So, again, I mean, it, it's grain of salt time right now. Again, the Buccaneers' defense is not necessarily, you know, they're, they're, they're dead last now in the league, right, in pass defense. Um, obviously, the run, the run defense is much better. But, you know, I'm not saying that, you know, the, the Buccaneers' defense is echelons above these other guys or anything. But what I'm saying is Kyle Allen's getting a lot of credit for his, his QBR and being undefeated and everything else like that. It's on the back of Christian McCaffrey. And we already know this defense can stop Christian McCaffrey. It's just whether – whether or not they can stop him twice. Uh, now, Evan, in our final uh, preview episode that James and I lay down with Carmen that'll air on Friday, you know, we always pick our offensive defense player of the game, both prediction and the score. But since I've got you alone and the, and the listeners have got to wait to hear my predictions for another day, I'm going to I'm gonna throw a little bit more your way than, than we get to answer ourselves, which I think it will be a little bit fun. So basically what I want from you, we'll start with the Buccaneers, of course, but I want an offensive player of the game um, and you can choose how you do this. Like I tend to go with an offensive player of the game in the in the vein of if this guy doesn't have a good day, then the, the offense is going to struggle versus James kind of likes to go with this offensive player is going to have a big day. That makes sense. Um, <clears throat> so give me your Buccaneers offensive player of the game this weekend. Man, you know, I just – it's I'm, I'm going to say Mike Evans. Um, I know James Bradbury – has um, had his fair share of success against him over the past few matchups. But I think they're going to really be focused on Chris Godwin. Um, but then again, with that right side of the offensive line, by the way, 
you put Earl Watford and Joshua Wells under a ton of pressure by saying they got to score 14 points in the first quarter. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, so, yeah, no, no pressure, guys. No pressure whatsoever. But anyway, uh, I think they're going to be focused really a lot on Chris Godwin. Um, and I really think this is going to be a Mike Evans week. Um, now, whether or not that comes to fruition, I'm, we'll see. But I think in order for them to definitely have a good game, I'm going to do – how about this? I'll double down. In order for them to have a, a good game and win, that has to go through Evans, and that's what will happen. Okay, fantastic. And then who is your Carolina Panthers offensive player of the game? Who has to have a really great game for the Panthers to beat the Buccaneers? Uh, Curtis Samuel, that one's easy. I mean, he had a good game last time they played. He's had, you know, he tore him up the last game as well. Um, he's just a deep threat. Uh, he'll stretch the offense. That's exactly what they want to do. Um, believe it or not, they like to go vertical in this offense. And I mean, if they start hitting the deep ball, and if he or if he hits those posts, those posts over the middle, which have just been killing the Bucks here lately, um, then it's going to be a long day, man. Because that's going to open up things for Christian McCaffrey as well. Most definitely, yeah. And uh, I'll tell you, um, this is a little bit of a preview of our, our Friday episode, but I was talking to those guys, and Curtis Samuel in Ohio State was a little bit of a Swiss Army knife. They used him in the backfield. They used him on screens, right. deep routes, intermediate routes. They used him all over the field. So when he got drafted by Carolina, Carolina, a lot of Panthers fans kind of expected the same thing, and they didn't see it. And a lot of Carolina media expected the same thing, and they didn't see it. So they've been a little disappointed. And Ron Rivera acknowledged that in his Wednesday press conference. He acknowledged it as much. But said, it's just taking Curtis a little bit of time to get to the point where we can start doing those things. But now, with Kyle Allen at quarterback especially, they've unveiled some of those things. He's getting a lot of those motion plays. He's getting a lot of those end-arounds. Uh, they had a nice play on an end-around fake that opened up Christian McCaffrey, kind of just exactly what you're talking about, opening up lanes they have that, that Coach Rivera talked about where Curtis had a basically a decoy route, but he ran it so aggressively and so well that it opened up DJ Moore for a big game. So, yeah, Curtis Samuel is a beautiful prediction. Uh, for that, un- well, unfortunately, it's a beautiful prediction because if he got, if he comes true and he does well, then Bucks fans aren't going to be very happy with you or me or the Carolina Panthers. Um, <laughs> but now let's move over to defense. But let's stay with Carolina. So, who is the player of this game for Carolina? I think it's got to be James Bradbury. I mean, he's going to have to slow down uh, Mike Evans, and that's going to be tough. I think Evans is going to be hot from last week. Um, you know, he's a competitor, man. He likes to get stuff done. And I think he's got to be the one who has a good game – or, yeah, who, who plays really well. But I think the, who the player who will have the best game has got to be – you've got to take – if Mario Addison plays, he mispracticed. But if he plays, dude, he always has a good game against the Bucks. And, I mean, he's going to be on the left defensive end. So he's going to be on the right side. So, I mean, that's he's going to eat if that's the case. Yeah, and I'm glad you said his name. That's exactly what I was trying to think about earlier. Like I said, very somewhat quietly six and a half sacks so far this year for Mario. Uh, veteran player. You know, I think, I'm think i pretty sure he's on a contract year, so kudos to him. He's definitely going to make himself a nice, what's probably his final contract of his career. Um, but he's definitely working well. And then uh, let's go to the Bucks. Who's the defensive player of this game? Who's the most important defensive player of the game for the Buccaneers? I'm just going to say all the cornerbacks, they've just, they've got, they've got to step up, man. I mean, you, there's not one that you can say doesn't need to step up and have a good game. Uh, the player I think is going to have the best game, though. This one's tough. I'm going to say Levante just because 
He's going to be needed uh, range, his range side to side or sideline to sideline speed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's going to be integral in hitting in the hitting the gaps and maintaining uh, gap integrity a lot of times for Christian McCaffrey. So, and covering Greg Olson even at times, I'm sure. And hopefully, we see Devin White. That would be great. Yeah. But um, I, yeah, I'm going to go with Levante. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Uh, Coach says Devin's playing. Coach says Jamel Dean is playing. Both good news. Uh, of course, that's good news for the Buccaneers defense. Uh, they got. A new linebacker from the Cincinnati practice squad. I can't remember his name off the top of my head either. Um, more athletic than Dale Buchanan, a little bit faster, I think, than Dale Buchanan, uh, even though he's in a linebacker body. Um, so I think that'll be good, special teams. And, of course, it gets that compensatory pick back for the Buccaneers. Uh, but, Evan, we are right about at the time where we need to close this thing out, so let's do it the best way we can and give me your final score and winner prediction. God, I have no idea who's going to win this game. Um, this is normally I don't care about doing it before the injury reports come out, but this one's a big. This one's I'm I'm really behind the eight ball on this one when it comes to injury reports. Man, my gut it tells me Carolina is going to win, so I'm just going to go with my gut. Um, I'm going to say twenty four twenty. All right, you're not going to be alone there, unfortunately. Um, I'm not going to unveil my choice just yet. I've already made it, but again. You have to wait till Friday to catch that episode uh, where James and I are joined by Buccaneers.com's own Carmen Vitale, who at that time will be in London, however, uh, recorded with us while she was still in Florida on Eastern Standard Time so that we get that thing laid down for you guys. Um, so, Evan, as always, uh, appreciate your time, brother, and, and we'll see what, what what comes of this weekend. At the end of a hard week, it's great to sit down, take some time off, and watch some football. Game-winning touchdowns on two-minute drives, Running backs racing down the sidelines with no one to stop them. There's nothing else like the NFL, and there's no better way to make the games even more exciting than to bet on them. So do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag. No one gives you more ways to win than they do. MyBookie's got the fastest payouts and better lines than any other sports book. Don't forget, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on, and mybookie.ag is the best in the business. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. If all your picks come through, you'll multiply your winnings. And no matter how you bet, the NFL season is the best time of year. Join now and MyBookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code LOCKEDON to activate this offer. That's promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Bucks fans out there, good luck. Hold on tight. Uh, It's a long (laughs) season. There's plenty more to come. So no matter what happens against Carolina Panthers, try not to get too high, try not to get too discouraged. Uh, depending on what the outcome of the game is, of course. And listen, uh, unfortunately, we love hearing from you guys. But for those of you who don't know, I am the, the I guess, the technological guy for the Lockdown Bucks podcast. I'm the one who takes all your voicemails, converts them over, and does all the other crazy crap to them to put them in the show. I am also going out of town on Thursday, not to London. I get to go to Exotic, Ohio. But I will be out of town as well all weekend. So what that means is I will not be on the podcast Monday morning to react to the Panthers game. I will probably not be on the podcast Tuesday either. Um, so I'll be back Wednesday. We have a, a cool guest lined up um, that we haven't had on the show for a while. So that'll be a, a cool treat for you guys uh, to talk about during the bye week and kind of look back at the first six weeks of the season under head coach Bruce Arians. So that'll be a lot of fun. But until then, if you want to leave your thoughts, please hit up James on Twitter at JRC underscore Bucks or at the Bucks Nation Twitter account at Bucks underscore Nation. Uh, let him know what your questions are, what your thoughts are after the Panthers game. 
he and Bailey from BucksNation.com will be doing the immediate recap uh, episode for Locked on Bucks. So if you want to share them, please do. We always love getting them. Um, obviously, he's not going to read them with the same fire or excitement, depending on what happens uh, that you probably would have. Uh, so I apologize for that, but that'll be the only time this year that I'm out for a reaction episode, at least that I'm planning. Oh, actually, that's not true because I'm going to Arizona. I'm going to Tampa for Arizona, so I might not be able to record that night. Anyway, that's future, future problems. But in the meantime, thank you, of course, for joining us uh, right here at Locked On Bucks. Follow me at on Twitter at dh82 underscore bucks. Follow Evan at Evan underscore winner. Follow us all at Bucks underscore nation. Follow the show at Locked On Bucks. Have a beautiful weekend, everybody. This is the last time I will be talking to you, and thank you so much for joining us right here at Locked On Bucks.